Hey everyone, thanks for joining. Today I am going to be speaking with Ella Hill. Ella is a survivor of the grooming gangs in uh, the UK. And we're just going to go through this. If you haven't heard about this, as far as I'm concerned, it's a huge travesty and it's complete and abject failure by the government. Um, and Ella's kind enough to come on and talk about her experiences. Hi Ella, thank you for coming on and, you know, thank you very much for sharing with us, like, you know, what you've been through and um, the whole story behind hi, it. Hi, Abed. Yeah, well, it feels like we're at the centre of a storm right now. I don't know about you, but um, you're an Asian immigrant from a Muslim background, and okay. I'm like a grooming gang survivor, so it kind of feels like we're, yeah, we've got, got a lot going on at the moment. Yeah, I mean, okay, I, for myself, I'm in Canada, pretty relaxed. I don't have much, you know, I, I'm surprised I don't get anything because I am pretty vocal, but I mean, like, I've, see, I've seen what you're getting and it's just insane. Oh, do you mean on Twitter? Yeah, on Twitter and just, I mean, it's, it's just insane. You know, yeah. Like, uh, I mean, okay, I, here I do get it a little bit because they're like, oh, well, that's, you know, that's not Islam. I'm like, that's what I grew up in. I, I think I know a little bit about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it's a huge topic, isn't it? We've got lots to um, to cover, but it's really lovely that we can have this conversation because I think you're pretty reasonable, I'm pretty reasonable. We both don't want any conflict, we both want peace about this and we want things to be dealt with fairly and justly for everyone and nobody to be persecuted at all. Exactly, yeah. I mean, like, I'm not looking to vilify anyone, neither are you. I mean, I think we're looking to get the perpetrators held yeah. responsible and... As far as I'm concerned, anyone in the government who hit it should be held responsible as well. Yeah, yeah. So one of the main things that I talk about, which hardly any survivors do talk about, or if they do, they get shut down pretty quickly. Um, and I've been finding out why <laughs> since I've been on Twitter for the last couple of months. But I, I talk about um, spiritual abuse and religious abuse alongside um, racist attacks. Yeah, I mean, so if you want to go into that a little bit, and then, um, Kate, before we get into that, just so you know, like, I've read the Quran, I've read the Hadith, I am not an Islamic scholar by any means, so you might bring some stuff up that I'm like, okay, I've never heard of that. Um, not many people are Islamic yeah, scholars, so I don't yeah, think you're on your own there. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I just, you know, like, it just, I'm just letting you know, and like, you know, so if people say like, yeah, well, I don't think we need to be. Yeah. To yeah, no, about, not at all. But just, about spiritual abuse, I don't really think you need yeah. to be a, a particular scholar of any religion, really. No, not at all. It's so similar in so many different faiths. Yeah. So if you want to go ahead and start, uh, you know, start talking about what yeah, happened, well, why I it was, happened. And... Um, in my late teens, um, and I was approached by a very handsome man in his early 30s. Um, he's Pakistani Muslim. Um, so this was over 20 years ago now, so I'm getting on a bit, I'm pretty old now. But yeah, he was Pakistani Muslim, um, really friendly, really uh, you know, pleasant, made lots of compliments. And you know, th this was just sort of the typical on-street grooming. It was sort of like outside a cafe as I was going into a cafe. Um, he's from Rotherham and um, there's sort of been a big national uh, sort of scandal over uh, Rotherham grooming gangs. Um, 
which I'll try and explain a little bit about later, but for anyone who hasn't heard about it, it's basically racially and religiously aggravated rape of white girls by Pakistani Muslim guys, mainly, although there's Afghan and Iraqi and all sorts of different other nationalities yeah. involved as well. Um, so yeah, I, I had a boyfriend, you know, he took me out on dates, took me to meals, it seemed really great, I got lots of attention, you know, at that stage of my life I was looking for a long-term boyfriend, I was thinking about maybe one day I'm going to get married, I'm going to settle down, have kids, this guy seemed like you know, maybe he could be the one. Um, but within a few months he just became very controlling, very um, restricting what I did, what I wore, what I could eat, what I couldn't eat, what <clears throat> and where I could go, who I could speak to. Uh, and a lot of that was based on his idea of religion and his faith. And so he was teaching me all about Islam, um, his version of Islam. And then, you know, things got really bad, you know, very quickly it descended into really extreme violence and torture and being taken to different places to be gang raped as punishment because of things that he said that I'd done that were against his faith. Yeah, I gotta ask you this because I mean, it was mainly like again from everything I've been reading and whatever, it's mainly Pakistani men. Um, you're, you know, and then like I, I know you mentioned like Afghan and stuff like that. But did he speak Arabic? Did any of the people you were around? He spoke Urdu. And that was it. <clears throat> I'm not aware of any Arabic. I don't think okay. he ever mentioned it. I can't. Rem I can't recall now. Okay. Uh, the only reason I'm asking is because I've I've listened to a couple of your interviews and. I've, you know, read that the article you, you wrote. Yeah. And a lot of what, like what you said, um, it is in the religion, but it's like listening to people who don't understand the language. Because I read the Quran in Arabic. I don't understand a word of Arabic, right? It wasn't until right. I was 25 that I read it in a language I understood. So I, so they just listened to Mullah. So, um, yeah. like, I, I remember you were speaking with Vidu and you mentioned the Yazidi girls. Now, that comes straight out of the Quran, where it says, you know, you can whatever you can have sex with whatever your right hand possesses, basically meaning slaves, right? Now, I never heard that phrase. It's, the word it, slave was never used to me, and I never heard that phrase about your right hand possesses. That's foreign to me. Okay. I, I mean, obviously now I've heard yeah. it because of Tommy Robinson, yeah. but but it's, but it's it was right, never brought up. Yeah. But it's right in the Quran. So I'm just thinking like something like what these guys were doing was because there's also another thing saying you're in the house of islam or you're in the house of war so either you're muslim or you're at yeah. war with non-muslims so what the right hand possesses is the spoils of war right so if mm, you mm. go you know with what isis was doing and they took over the you know they took over yazidi territories and they t those were the spoils yeah, of war yeah. so if that mentality comes out of mosques in pakistan pakistani mosques in in uh, the uk yeah. Where these people don't understand it, and they're told you're always at war. Yeah, yeah. So, so can you tell us a little bit while you're mentioning war? Can you tell us a little bit about your background in the military, the Canadian military? Okay, I, I was always civilian. I was never military. I, but I worked close to 13 years uh, with the military. So originally it was Canadian military. Um, that was in Bosnia, then Afghanistan, then after that I just started getting contracts with NATO, and I spent close to seven years in Afghanistan, then I was in Bosnia for about two years, I was in Kosovo, I was in Sudan, and then mm -hmm. I was in Haiti after the earthquake. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, overseas, like, I saw what the sectarian violence could do, like, I didn't learn about Islam while I was there, I'd already known much about it, but I mean, I, you could see the, 
you know, you could see it in Kabul. Uh, a lot of the women were still wearing burqas and everything, and they'd walk down all hunched over. And and the ones who now were starting to take it off were standing straighter, a lot more, a lot more proud, a lot more self-possessed. Mm-hmm. Whereas this attitude of women are lesser, women, you know. Yeah. You get half the intel, uh, half the inheritance. Women are supposed to be half as intelligent. I mean, Muhammad said that the majority of the partic- uh, um, majority of the members of hell will be women. Um, you know. Yeah. So your parents are Muslim, and you were brought up as a Muslim. Yeah, my parents were Muslim. Uh, not very devout. Uh, I shouldn't say that they were. Okay, they're devout, but not fundamentalist. And it's again, I think this is where the um, the Islam thing in South Asia really changed in the 70s. Uh, my, my mom grew up in Karachi, uh, but she was born in India. Then after they got married, but she moved back to India. India was better uh, than Pakistan, but Pakistan in 72 changed to an Islamic school system. India still mm-hmm. had a British-backed school system type of thing. Yeah. Um, even though it's all rote memorization, like my aunt runs a school and I hear them teaching them like math and reading and all of it. It's just memorization. Um, mm. But Pakistan went to an Islamic-based education system. So that started in the schools in 72. Then by 79, 80, um, Saudi started funding mosques and madrasas and putting all that out. So you had a Wahhabist version of Islam going over all of South Asia, Asia Pacific, uh, Africa, and so it was just Saudi funding. So that's so this extremism started coming into South Asia after 1980. And, and it's not like there weren't extremists or there weren't fundamentalist Muslims, but mm. it was a mm. lot more relaxed and laid back than it had been after that point. So, yeah. you know, my parents, we moved here in 75. My parents were in India as of 67, both of them. So they, I mean, they, they kind of missed all that. Like, but I go back to India now more hijabs more niqabs um Mm. you know my aunt who was she's my youngest uncle's wife and she was about 10 years younger than him she was always you know fun loving anytime i went to visit she'd drive us around we'd go to amusement parks we'd go you know all kinds of things right now she goes to Quran reading groups she wears the niqab she won't drive she's like i mean it's just the fundamentalism has spread so yeah, yeah, it's the whole idea of purity and virginity and modesty. Yeah, and it's. Uh, this is what this is what was taught to me, and people, you know, people online like you've seen it today, like arguing with me, saying this is not Islam. How dare you say this is Islam? Okay, no, it's someone's version of it. It's someone's idea that this is their faith, this is their belief, this is what they they have been taught, and they strongly and genuinely believe that they are morally superior yeah. their way is best that, uh, and that they have the authority to punish anyone who doesn't follow it no i mean it's okay all the abrahamic faiths if you look at them they have that superiority uh christianity and judaism were neutered um islam never was and it, it's it's in there and it's unfortunately i think islam lends itself far more easily to be misinterpreted than the other religions a because of language and b because of i mean it's in the book and so you have to do a lot of mental gymnastics to say okay well 
surah 434 which says you can beat your wife just means you know lightly tap her right i mean it's it's well that was one of the quotes that was spoken to me a lot spoken over me as i was being beaten you know if one of your wives disobeys you beat her and i would say i'm not one of your wives and i haven't disobeyed you no it's but it's but but it it didn't make for them it was perfect justification and it was absolutely a reasonable way to interpret that verse but other people would say no you can only beat them with a toothbrush yeah or some people will say miswalk which is a small stick but it's it's like okay you know no (laughs) it's not right to beat anyone for it you know because they don't listen to you i mean it's it's uh it's um it's a kind of a moral framework and you mentioned about christianity and definitely the old testament which is most of the bible is the old testament is quite brutal and quite violent and god is very cruel and he sends plagues and locusts and kills people and sends people to go and kill people and um yeah the new testament is a lot more peace loving i mean jesus was like a hippie wasn't he he was very much sort of love and peace and do not harm and turn the other cheek and yeah. And so that's kind of where I've got my faith background from, personally. Yeah, I mean, yeah, whatever, like, I don't want to... But, I mean, like, the, the Bible, too, like, okay... And this is where people look at it, and they're like, oh, well, see, Islam is better. Um, I think it's in the Bible, and it's also... I, it, I can't even remember if it's Leviticus or Deuteronomy, so this is all the Old Testament. If a woman isn't a virgin on her wedding night, bring her to her yeah. father's for, you know, doorstep and stone her there, right? That's Where, Deuteronomy 22, um, yeah. verse 23 to 27. Uh, so, like, uh, Islam, it says that if a woman isn't a virgin on her wedding night, flog her a hundred times. So, I mean, it's slightly better. <laughs> you know, you're I not definitely kidding. had that. I was flogged a hundred times over and over and over for not being a virgin. Yeah. So, I mean, like, that was the main reason I was beaten was for not being a virgin. But, you know... <sighs> Okay, I don't. I don't want to say this because I, I don't. I don't know the situation. But I mean, he he groomed you. He picked you out so he could have yeah. sex with you, and yeah. and he wasn't planning on marrying you. He wasn't. So he was not at all. No so, plan on marriage. No plan on converting me. Uh, Didn't want me to be converted. Wanted to treat me as a non-Muslim horse, slag, cunt, yeah, trash, and, whatever, white trash. And so, I mean, even if you were when you met him. After the first time, you're no longer a virgin. So I mean, I mean, like, it's setting you up to, you know, it's setting you up for that, right? Um, yeah. Um, like, if you want to go a little bit more into, like, what they were, I got, I'm trying to be careful because I don't want you to have to describe too much of what happened to you because. I've listened to it's it. Okay. It's okay, and yeah. and for anyone worried about that, I won't go into too much detail because yeah. I don't want anyone to be, um, yeah. you know, upset by uh, what they hear. So I but, won't go into that. I mean, if you could try to go into like some of the things they were saying, what they were doing, and how they were, um, like the control aspect of it. Because yeah. I mean, a lot of it is also about control, right? Definitely, and you get that with high control religious groups. Um, you get the shaming, you get the guilt tripping. It's like you know, you you hear this this is how you treat women, make them feel guilty and get, and then tell them to get on the knees. Mm-hmm. It's like you shame people and then t- tell them, right, get on your knees, pray, kiss my feet. Mm-hmm. So it's very, very controlling and, and guilt and shame is really good at that, especially with teenagers, with young kids. They're very easily shamed. You know, socially, awkwardness is, you know, peak at that, at that time in your life. 
<clears throat> so you're very easily manipulated and controlled by by that kind of process. Um, you know, I would be a lot more resistant to that now. I think as an adult, as a mature adult, I'd just go, I'd just laugh probably. But yeah, I think as a, as a kid, you, you'd find that you know, it's it's pretty intense pressure. Um, yeah, so the whole like virginity, purity. Um, so I was, I was told basically you're not allowed to eat pork now that you're with me. Um, I was told that um, girls, uh, white girls have no shame, they have no honor. And all white girls sleep with hundreds of people. Um, my mother told me this, so I'm just reading this list, by the way, because I've written it all down. Um, yeah, so my mother told me to stay away from white girls. Um, the mother's limbs are pure and they're more, morally superior. Not exactly that word was used, but that was what was always implied. Um, that basically Muslims are pure, non-Muslims are trash and shit and scum, and I would lower than piece of shit under my shoe. That's what I was told. Um, so it's like, you know, in the caste system in India, it's like you're below the lowest of the low. More of a black and white thinking. It's like yeah. we are Asian, we're good. You're white, you're bad. Yeah. You know, we are from the east, we're good. You're from the west, you're bad. Okay, just talking on that, like now again, my parents were very relaxed. They weren't, but they they had some of that superiority. Like my mum would tell me growing up, because you know, yeah. I'm growing up. I grew up here. I was my parents let us do what we wanted pretty much. I was liberal. You know, if I started having a girlfriend, you know, I'd be like, oh, you know, whatever beef, you know, you can have, you know, you can have your white girlfriend, but only marry a Muslim girl. Yeah. You know, like. That's, that's exactly what it said here. Yeah. But definitely. it wasn't so much that, oh, these, you know, have your way with her, do whatever you want, treat her like crap. It wasn't that. It was just like, no, no, you know, you're young, you can do, what you know, do, you know sow your wild oats, but when you want to settle down, it has to be with a good Muslim girl. Like it was, so did you do that? Were you a good boy? Uh, I never got married, so no. And you you're know. not married? <laughs> no. Oh, really? Are you single? Yep. yep. I'm not proposing anything, by the way. I'm very well loved up. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I, uh, my mum uh, failed on that aspect. So. Oh, right. So you kept your freedom. So you, I guess maybe the white girlfriend's bit was okay, but not the, not the Muslim wife. Uh, I... Okay, that's that's just been a personal choice uh, myself. I've never wanted the wife, the kids, all that. Yeah, I've never wanted yeah. it. I okay, maybe it's selfishness. I value my freedom, and I know you know it, yeah. friends who have kids and whatever. Else, but you know, I worked overseas. I can like if I get an offer tomorrow, and I got to move, I can pick up at the drop of a hat and go move. Right? I don't. I, mm-hmm. And it's just for that. Nothing else. Yeah, you know. you've got freedom and independence. Yeah, yeah I understand. Mm-hmm. That's that's fine. That's a choice. Yeah, not everyone has to get married. Yeah, it doesn't always work out anyway. So yeah, um, that whole you know you can have white girlfriends, but when you get married, it's got to be a respectable Muslim woman, you know, and and she's got to be a virgin. And if she's not, then you know that's a huge problem. But a lot of these traditional ideas are still being taught. Um, yeah, but it's and the also idea that, sorry, yeah, for ahead. marriage that you can have three wives. Oh, sorry, four wives. So yeah. you can have like a Pakistani wife and then two or three English girlfriends. Here's the thing: you can have four wives, but if you want multiple concubines, you're allowed to have multiple concubines if you think of them as slaves, right? Like the second-class citizen. Yeah. yeah. 
whatever it means. So is this like you're allowed to have multiple concubines? Is this something that you heard growing up? Uh, okay, Mama had uh, more than one wife, but he had plenty of sex slaves and concubines. There, there's like you know, yeah, uh, yeah. all all, all like those... in your family, like your uh, your okay, no, okay, the, the concubine thing wasn't really there. Um, you know, I have only got my aunt is a second wife. Um, I don't know a lot of people in my family that have more than one wife. Um, I think like my aunt, like my my dad's sister, I think my uncle there is the only person I know family wise that has more than one wife. Where where do they live? India. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, the, the concubine thing was more, uh, you know, if you read the Hadith, you read the Quran, uh, you read the life of Muhammad, you read some of these things, it's, you know, you're allowed to possess what you're, you know, you're allowed to sleep with what your right hand possesses, right? So you have, so it's to, to, to slake your thirst, to do whatever, you can have sex with slaves, it's it's permitted but, uh, yeah yeah i know <clears throat> i know that there is that theoretical interpretation i'm not sure if that is what is used mm. in grieving gangs I, I would like to hear the research into that i'd like to hear more <clears throat> perpetrators interviewed about their personal beliefs and what they believe about slaves and concubines um but yeah, yeah I, mean, I get a lot of people online arguing with me saying that any sex outside marriage is banned is forbidden in 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 Islam and in the Quran, sex outside marriage, any sex outside marriage at all is forbidden. No, because you can't marry your slaves. And if your slaves convert to Islam, they're no longer slaves, then you can get married. Uh, you can have sex with your slaves. It's, it's, it's plain and simple. I mean, like that, that mm. it's, it's, the, it's yeah, your property. This might be why the government has started to put um, the sex trafficking that you know, a lot of the girls, I wasn't actually trafficked, I wasn't sold or anything, but for a lot of the girls who have been trafficked, so they were putting this in a category of modern day slavery. So they put it into modern day slavery, like with labor, like with people coming over and having to work in nail bars, you know, um, middle, you know, European people coming over to the UK, um, you know, being forced to work for very low wages and like 10 people sleeping in one bedroom and that type of thing yeah okay like i've been seeing some of this stuff too and it's like oh well we didn't want to do anything because oh the girls are just prostitutes i'm like these are you know 11 to 16 yeah. year old girls for the most part and so just saying oh they're just prostitutes i'm like well if it's a child prostitution ring don't you want to break it up isn't that the job of the police to break it up yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I mean, a lot of the time the police have been saying, you know, it's the girls' fault, and they kind of echo what the grooming gang ideology is, which is, if you are going out without a chaperone, then you deserve it. If you're wearing tight jeans that show the curves of your body, then you deserve it. If you're showing the gap between your thighs and you have the hem of your top isn't down to your knees, then you deserve it. Or if your sleeves are pushed up to your elbows and you're showing that all that flesh in your arm then you deserve it you know then you should be punished and and that rape is a, a suitable type of punishment and gang rape is acceptable punishment oh okay so, but um what what the police will say is that these girls they're they they've chosen chosen this lifestyle they're they're um they're from difficult backgrounds they're from 
families that don't take care of them properly and a lot in a lot of cases that is absolutely not true and yeah they, they might go out with crop tops and, and tight jeans but that is quite normal behavior for a teenager in in the west it does not mean that she's a whore or a slag or she's selling herself no but even that the idea okay well they come from you know broken homes or bad families or whatever isn't that then then at that point isn't that why you have child protective services isn't that why you have yeah. you know family police and whatever if, if it's a bad yeah. family situation mm. you know mm. children are the most vulnerable out there like if the government's supposed to protect anyone it's supposed to protect the most vulnerable and it just totally you know failed them yeah, yeah. like i, I and, don't know and if you... they failed across the board yeah. all types of child sexual whether it's online exploitation whether it's within a family exploitation whether it's you know even domestic violence and stuff it's the 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 conviction rates are really, really low all the way across the board. Like, I mean, I, there, there's that one that I, I was on Twitter yesterday and it was in, I think, I believe, again, it was in Rotherham and they were talking about a case from 2008 where an 11-year-old girl was, went to the police with a friend of hers saying, we're being, you know, sexually abused. Mm. They didn't do it or anything. And then a few days later, they find her in a house with another 11-year-old girl or another young girl. I don't know how old the other one was. Yeah. Both the girls are drunk. There's a bunch of men sitting around, and they arrest the girls. Yeah. It's like, yeah. wait a minute. Shouldn't you at least arrest the guys for aiding and abetting a you know, delinquency of a minor? Like, it's it's lazy policing. It's lazy policing. What they want to do is they can they can see that the girl's at risk, that she's in danger. So that rather than actually addressing the actual problem, in order to get her out of the room, they arrest her to get her to safety. So that's that's what the police do. This the well-known thing that they do that just to get the kid out of there. But it's really unfair because then that girl has a criminal record for the rest of her life. It's really hard to get employment. You know, it's just putting the blame on the victim, which is really, really unfair. And it's what the police just do over and over in so many different ways. Keep sticking on this because, like, I was again, I'm an outsider looking in at this, and when I read the reports and stuff, now they were talking about. You know, like in Telford and around Rotherham, whatever. This is going on since the 80s. Yeah. So I just did a quick search, and it's like, okay, that was Margaret Thatcher. Then it was mm. John Major. Then it was two yes. Labour governments. And then mm. a Tory government, right? But then it was... Tor- yeah. So yeah. this is not like, oh, this is a leftist thing. Well, no, I mean, the Tory government, you know, as far as the UK goes, yeah. are not leftist. You know, they're, they're a little bit left in the U.S., but they're not left in the U.K. They're, you know, they're... Central, pretty central. Yeah. And, uh, theoretically, so, yeah. And then, like, now that's what's going on with the civil service and not releasing that report. I mean, is this, like, a cancer in the civil service that's kind of spread, that's, that's generating policy? Well, there is a political correctness that's gone on for a long time, and it did start in the 80s with a high drive to for the not-to-be-racist attacks. But when they said racist attacks, obviously that meant any minority getting, you know, someone getting called a packy in the street or a woman getting a hijab pulled off or, you know, fairly, okay, there's some very serious murders and things, but on the whole, they're fairly low-key racist attacks on minority groups. Um, And since then, there's just not been the recognition that there needs to be that, that a lot of these racist attacks could possibly be a response to racist attacks against white people. 
racist attacks against white girls or boys or you know that's that it's it's kind of a reaction if you like so in order to like dampen down the the symptoms they're not actually treating the underlying cause yeah um i was okay so you sent me that document and we talked earlier like I'm, i'm going through some of this stuff and okay like the 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 modesty right yeah. um you need the evidence of four men to prove it is rape yeah okay that's straight out of sharia uh in iran women have been stoned to death because they've gone and complained about being raped and right. they don't have four witnesses so if there's no four witnesses then you must have submitted to it so you know oh well then you committed sex outside of marriage and so they've been stoned mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. or imprisoned uh yeah, there's yeah there, I mean, there's cases in Dubai as well of, like, British girls who went and complained about rape, and then they were put in prison. Yeah. Um, there's one, I mean, I follow the account, it's like, We Speak for Jane, I forget what her last name is, and it's, mm-hmm. it's the same thing, I, you know, she she was raped, and then she got in prison. And so, this happens uh, in Pakistan as well. Yeah, and, um, well, now in Pakistan, okay, speaking to, like, what you were, like, what had happened to you and to all these other young girls... Um, they just passed that in Pakistan in the in the courts where yeah. where they were having you know girls being forced to convert and being married and they're like oh well as long as they have their period they're a woman they can they can get married right I mean, these are things that were said to me okay the four wives thing I'm sorry the four witnesses um, that was said to me like there's no point in you going to the police because obviously you're sat there you're crushed you've been beaten mm-hmm. for hours you've been tortured you're like how do I get out of this? How can I escape? How can I be free? If I tell my parents, they're going to kill them. So I don't know how to escape. So then you think, well, I can go to the police. And then they, they know that you're thinking that, even though you haven't said, I want to go to the police. So then they're like, well, there's no point in going to the police because you haven't got four witnesses. And then under our law, you need four witnesses. So then you've got all these religious things going on in your head. You know, I was a Christian. I wanted to please God. So I wanted to follow what was right for God. And so you've got all these messages. It's very confusing and bombarding. And when you're a young person, you just listen to the authority. And if the authority figure is someone telling you things that are not correct, you don't know that's not correct. Yeah. So that was one thing. The virginity thing that you just mentioned as well, that was another thing that was mentioned to me. Like, um, we're allowed to have sex with girls as long as they've started their periods. It's like in the UK, the average is age 11, starting period. Mm-hmm. So they'll say, yeah, this is what the Quran says. You were allowed to have sex with you as long as you started your period, um, which I obviously had anyway because yeah, I was older than that. Um, and then it said, and before that, we can do thighing. Yeah. Now that's, again, okay, I, I pointed this out, but I always give a little bit of a caveat, like, They, okay, they, they talk about it in the Sunnah, you know, it's mentioned in some of the Hadith and stuff, where Muhammad... Is it though? Because I've had people arguing with me, like this last couple weeks on Twitter, saying it is not in the Quran, it is not in the Hadith. Yeah, I, okay, there there are weak Hadiths that mention it, but it's in the it's in the Sirah, right? So the life of Muhammad, um, where, you know, to show how great he was, he didn't have sex with Aisha before she was nine... But, you know, he, he thighed her. Basically, he used her so thighs. That is, I, is that an actual scripture, though? Or is okay. that just a rumor that it's there as a scripture? Okay, that, it's, 
the seerah is not the scripture. The seerah is the life of the prophet. Okay. So it's like a biography that was written. I think you know, the first one was written about 50 years after, and then that got destroyed except for some notes. And then the one that they use now was about 150 years after his death. So some guy took all the notes and everything that... I get the two names mixed up. One is Ibn Hisham, the other one is Ibn Ashach. And one of them wrote the first one about 50 years after his death. And then the other one took the notes and everything, and about 100 or so years after that came up with this thing. So again, that's why I want to... It's there. People use it. That's why Iran has the law that you can get married to a girl, you know, as young as 13 yeah. because the prophet did it. If it's mm-hmm. good enough, the prophet, we can do it. But the thawing thing is in there. There's also a line in the Quran that there, there's instructions in the Quran that tell you how to divorce your wife if she, if you started having sex with her or if you've married her before she's had her period and she isn't menstruating yet, there's instructions on how to divorce her. Okay. So it's right there in the Quran that you can marry someone who hasn't had their period yet and how to divorce them. So I how they say it's not scriptural, I don't know. They do. They will argue and argue. I've been called a liar so many times for saying I was told this. I was told that this is this is scriptural and I was told that there's scriptures and I've been called a liar for saying that. But yeah, I'll just say what lying is. Shall I just say what it is? Yeah, go ahead. Is that a bit so yeah with buying what it is is basically they make you lie on your back the legs together and then mm-hmm. they sit striding like striding a horse yeah. like riding a horse and then they fuck between your thighs basically without going inside yeah and i mean that, that's what they described with Muhammad was him and going between yeah, her like thighs my husband never has ever considered that position <laughs> you know that's not something that is that you would think about as a normal position like the no. love it's just very weird and very strange and everyone think at the time this is a really weird way to have sex yeah yeah it's odd yeah no, but apparently a... it's permitted with you know to some people's mind and i don't know how widespread this is that's a permitted way to molest children Again, it's it depends on how strict or how fundamentalist they are. I mean, like in my family, you know, that wasn't brought up. It wasn't uh, like my parents have even told you know family back in India, like you know she's only eighteen. What do you think about what are you doing? Think about marriage, and so she's eighteen. Even in Canada, that's your you know that's age of majority. Um, they're like, why don't you wait till she finishes university? Mm. You know. My cousin, my uncle was, okay, well, she's turning 16, so I'm going to have to think about, you know, getting her married in a couple of years. I'm like, she's 16 years old. You know, mm. like he wasn't going to get her married when she was 16. He was, okay, yeah, we have to start yeah. thinking about it. I'm like, she's 16. We have, a lot of, we have a lot of very young marriages in the UK. In the UK, it's legal at 16 to be married with parental consent. And then at over 18, you can be married without parental consent. But we're trying to change the law. There's a, there's a lobby group at the moment who are trying to change the law to make it 18 for everyone because a lot of the girls whose parents made consent, they they later on, they feel that they weren't consent, you know, they weren't questioned over it. They, they were kind of pressured into it. Yeah, it's the same. In Quebec, I haven't looked at this in a while, so I know the laws in the States are a little bit better about this, but in Quebec, at least in the 80s, because I remember because this came up, in, in school it was the the age of consent was 16 so mm-hmm. again with parental consent you could get married as of 16 um and you know 18 you can do whatever you want if you look in the states it's really disgusting because it, 
There's two for sure. There might be three states that yeah. have outlawed underage marriage, but all the right. rest, uh, like in, in Florida, there's 11 and 12 year old girls that are being married because of religious freedoms. And oh, they got wow. parent. They got again. They need parental consent. But if you're in a strict religious family, yes. so yeah. and I'm talking like even Mormons, you know, Jehovah's oh, Witnesses. Yeah. Okay, it's, it's not just yeah, and in the yeah. states, and it's if parents hear that their beloved child has lost their identity it's quick get them married off to whoever yeah. it is yeah. whether no matter who he is whether they know him at all yeah. it's very it's very cool like there was a thing in the states um this is going back a while now I'm, I'm trying to remember the date but it was in it was before 2010 i believe it was called the uh, FLDS, so LDS is Latter Day Saints, so the Mormons. Yeah, I so, know. Yeah, Warren Jeffs. Yeah, so that 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 compound, right? And as yeah. the FBI are pulling, you know, sixty-four wives. Yeah, but there were young girls in like little country dresses with the braids saying, "No, no, this yeah. is our religion. This is what we want." Yes. And people were outraged, rightfully so, and saying, "No, no, this is not anything to do with religious freedom." But when a brown person says it, oh well, we have to respect your religious freedoms and. It's something I keep saying. It's like they can't see the victims for the brown people. They see brown people, <laughs> and it's just like, oh no, these people yeah, are the victims. Yeah. Then it's like, no, I'm it's sorry, it's not but, acceptable. You know, no, the girls are raping. You have to think about human rights, not religious rights. Yeah, and and it's like this. Yeah. Okay, th- this current, like the, the current iteration of this political correctness. Mm. It's what okay, like the, the whole point of it is the who's more oppressed and who's not. So, mm-hmm. you know, in some cases they put religious freedom lower than uh, other freedoms. But in your case, I mean, you're young girls. You're, you're, I mean, whatever. You're young girls. You're not adults. You're not able to, like, you're not cognitively able to, to mm-hmm. argue these things. And because it's someone's religion, you're turning a blind eye. I mean, like, how do you, you know, like, you're yeah. doing this matrix of figuring out who's more oppressed. But I'm sorry, but. Young girls right there that were the more oppressed people, and they should have been taken care yeah, of. Yeah, I mean, when I, when I raise the issue of faith and religion, I do it for all faiths and all religions. Like you say, the Christian Mormons, the FLDS, these mm-hmm. these cult groups, which are cults because, um, you know, the 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 effects of actually losing the faith or leaving the faith is massive. It's really drastic. It's, it's the, um, you know, apostates are expelled from the group. They're never spoken to again, and you know they're they're out on their own with no support, no, you know, no, not none of the the home that they've invested in or spent years looking after. They, they have no rights to any of that. So, a lot of these extreme religious groups are really, really similar to what I experienced and what I went through. And I, I speak about it because a lot of the men go through profound religious pressure to do what they do to be involved in what they're involved in and if they're not then they are shunned they are excommunicated you know they're seen as traitors they're called coconuts and uncle toms and you know it's 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 massive pressure and for the men to not do it to do it i mean you know to, to be involved in it and if they don't do it then if they don't toe the line they're in trouble Okay, with that, the towing the line thing. Like you see, you see it coming out of Pakistan for the last few years now. More and more young girls being raped and left on the side of the road, and these are Muslim girls, and they're you know, yeah. Majority of Pakistan is Muslim anyway, so 
but they're, yeah. they're Hindu girls or Christian girls or Muslim girls. It doesn't matter, right? Yeah. And so, like, if you see that attitude, like, if, if they're taught that there, and then, again, you know, you look at the, the I'm just looking at survey results. You know, what is it? The latest one, 22% of Muslim women in, in the UK can't speak English. Like, mm-hmm. these insular communities that are maybe going to faith-based schools, you know, yeah. not not being integrated. And no, they're not integrating. They don't know any other law. They only yeah. know the laws that they're told yeah. about, the religious laws. They don't know what, what their rights are under any law, any yeah. other British law. And then the Sharia councils. Like, I, the, the fact that you guys have Sharia councils in the UK, just, it drives me crazy. Like, it's like, how can you have a secondary law system for other people? I don't know much about it. But, yeah, I mean, I was nearly murdered under Sharia law, so I should... I should be the one. I mean, I've only just realized it and admitted it to myself. Yeah. But yeah, they tried to kill me because I had an abortion and um, they said because I murdered their child that I should be murdered under Sharia. Well, they didn't say the Sharia law, but they said that's the justification for it. It's like an honor killing because I defended their honor. Not, not, I didn't offend their honor by having an abortion. That was just the excuse for the killing. But the um, offending their honor was for leaving yeah for leaving them and trying to escape you know running away yeah standing up for yourself like how dare you yeah <laughs> but i mean the, 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 you say you're not my property yeah exactly I mean, okay the the abortion thing because abortion is not um like in islam i think it says like in judaism christianity that as soon as, soon as in, you know at, at the moment of inception uh or sorry you know the sorry at the moment of conception that's that's when the soul enters I think in Islam it's like 42 days. So, like my aunt's had a couple of abortions. Uh, it's not mm-hmm. Islamically prohibited to have abortions. They mm-hmm. kind of frown upon it and they try to tell you not to. Mm-hmm. But it's because they say the soul doesn't go in. I, I'd, I'd have to go back and check on this, but it's something like 42 honest, days. I think my main perpetrator, he wanted to do an honor killing. He wanted to honor kill, kill me. Um, so it was kind of how can I get all my mates to do it because I need to justify this under... Sharia, I guess. So it was like, well, she did murder my baby, so that means we can murder her. Yeah. So it was just a way of like twisting it and fudging it, and you know, they're they're con men. These guys, they're good liars. They're good. They'll twist anything, and and yeah, it's it's like a misuse of religious power to to get other people to join in with them and help them. Um. If you want to talk a bit about, like, I mean, I, I honestly, I mean, I guess you can only speak for yourself, but like, how do they go, like, like, like the grooming process, like what, what they kind of do and how they go through that, like how they get the girls to, because it's still going on now, right? So mm-hmm. people can try to like, you know, look out for signs of some guy comes up and starts sweet talking, like what, 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 what the signs are and stuff. Oh gosh. Uh, again, uh, uh, if, if there's it's anything individual that... in each case, what are the signs? Um, well, it's really similar to like if, if a kid is getting involved in a gang, you know, whether it's a boy getting involved in a gang, whether it's a girl getting drawn into a gang, it's really similar. So like increased secrecy, you know, they've, they've suddenly got new gifts, they've got new trainers, new clothes, new phone. Um, they're, they're, they're keeping their ID secret on the phone, they're making calls, they're messaging people, they're disappearing, they're sneaking out of house late at night. Um, 
you know, they come back with injuries, they've, they're concealing weapons. You know, it's, it's actually similar for boys as it is for girls. Okay. Um, I mean, like, what kind of tactics would they use on the girls, though? Like, what would they say to you? Like, um, you know, they profess love? Or the they grooming just... tactic. Well, for this particular type of crime, because it's, you know, yeah. the grooming gang crime for, for sexual exploitation. So it's it's called the lover boy technique or the, like, on-street grooming technique. So it's, and if you go and look online, there's there's actually loads of videos on how to do it. So it's, it's all the really classic stuff of, you know, making yourself smart, making yourself attractive, you know, wearing nice clothes, looking good, smelling good, um, going to the right joints to go and pick up girls. But, you know, for someone who wants to find a wife, if they wanted to go and pick up a girl and find a wife, you know, maybe some of these techniques are quite handy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but no, yeah not, not just to, like, make it a hobby of just huh? banging, 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 banging any girl that they can get their hands on. Okay, uh, now, it's just because you'd mentioned this with Vidu about, like, how you saw some similarities when you heard about the Azidi girls. But you keep reading about these wives who were like, oh, they would help bathe the Yazidi slave girls before they were brought to, you know, their own husbands, right? So they would bring, they would take the Yazidi slave girls, get them ready, and then bring them to their husband yeah. so their husband could then rape them. Yeah, yeah. Um, was there anything like that, or was there, like, you know, did you, like, did you ever see any other, like... I've heard, actually, I've got one friend, and she was trafficked, and she was raped by over a thousand men, all different nationalities, mm -hmm. but raped by Pakistani, um, but trafficked by Pakistani gangs. Yeah. Um, and she would say, like, that the men's wives would ring mm -hmm. when she was with them, and they'd tell them, you know, beat her harder, be, be nasty to her, you know, teach her a lesson, show her what's what for, you know, the hatred that they would encourage these men to carry out on, on grooming victims. Yeah, so you do hear that. And like my perpetrator said, like his mother taught him to hate white girls. So it there's 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 like a role in the in the group. You know, the men have a certain role, the Asian Pakistani Muslim women have a certain role and the white girls have another role. And it's like once you're in that cult, like say is it too much to call it a sex cult? No, it's fine. Know like a sex cult then you know you've got your role you have to learn your role and you stay within your role you, that's your position you know, if you're a muslim woman you're a wife you're dutiful you're pure you're you're at home you're looking after children you're doing the cooking and you're not questioning where your husband is when he's not around okay, when he's out he's out okay i mean again yeah. like this is not a defense of these women or anything like that because but like if they're if they're beating you and they're beating these other girls, I guarantee you when they go home, you know, you, you disobeyed me, you're my wife, I'm going to beat you. Exactly you know? the same. Uh, you know? Exactly so, the same, definitely. So for them, it might be some perverse revenge or whatever. Oh, you know, these white girls are trying to steal my husband and he's spending more time with them, so beat her harder, whatever. Like, I'm not Jealousy. trying to... Yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to justify or anything like that. Unfortunately, yeah. I have to say, I'm afraid, I'm very sad to say, I think there may be a lot of jealousy there. Yeah, and it's but that's women for you. Women get jealous of each other. Of course I, I, we do. You know, yeah. you've got one guy and he's got three or four girls on the go. Mm. You know, they're gonna fight over him. Yeah, but also like I mean, the the four wives thing. Like you're not supposed to be able to have more than one wife if you cannot take care of them equally. But again, speaking with people like 
my family there's only yeah. one that i can think of but others speaking of friends and you know whatever who who have had multiple wives like not friends of mine but friends who were in relationships with multiple wives or whatever the first wife lords it over the others so the first right. wife is the first wife and yeah. they're in charge and so and there's usually an age difference so it's yeah, like a yeah. servant like a house servant yeah. so they come to do the cooking cleaning yeah. so the other one can have a bit of a break yeah and then it's uh <laughs> it's i mean it's so like yeah. this kind of thing too it's like oh well you know you're so even if you're the fourth wife you're the lowest in the wife totem pole but if the person has you know sex slaves for all intents and purposes right uh they're lower than the fourth wife so that's someone she can bully now Gosh. So yeah, it's just years of resentment that's built up yeah. there, and lots of hatred. Yeah, it's very sad. It's meant to be, you know, faith is meant to be about love and about the family and caring for each other and respecting each other. And I'm sure in many, many cases, you've got to be fair here. I'm sure in many cases it works, and there's a lot of love between yeah. wives and sisters, and you know, yeah. I, I'm sure that. For a lot of people, they've got that balance, and and it's a really beneficial, big, massive, happy family, and and you know I'm happy for them. But yeah, it can be misused in so many ways. Um, like I, I know you've mentioned you've been to the police a couple of times, because I just like I'd, I'd like to kind of like maybe get your insights on this, like the police, the government, like social services. Yeah. When you go to the police and you complain about something like this, like what's their first reaction? <laughs> they don't want to know. <laughs> they don't want to know. It's the least popular crime, I think. The, you know, this sort of thing. That it's just, oh, they just try and get rid of you as quickly as possible. And they're they're nasty. They're, they're horrible. They're, in my experience, I haven't had a single nice police officer. I've met some since then yeah. who like haven't actually been people that I've been ha- had to go and report crimes mm. to, but um, yeah, all of the police officers I've ever met have been horrible. <laughs> you know, like I but, look at I look at someone now, like Maggie. Now I know that I have to take uh, have to take someone with me if I'm yeah. going to go and report something like this. I've got to take someone with me, otherwise they bully you. Yeah. Like I, they will bully you. Okay, I spoke to a friend of mine. Um, She's an Iranian woman. She's a refugee in Canada right now. She was talking about one of the times where she was with a friend. They were walking down the street. She was like in it. She was had her hair covered, but like you know, like half an inch was showing, right? And some guy, some guy felt her up. They went to the police station, and the, the officer was like, "Well, look at your hair. It's showing. That's why he did it." Yeah. And it's like, yeah. wait a minute. So what? Half an inch of hair is showing, so that yeah, incites yeah. lust, like. What they do is they write it down, or that if you ring up, they'll say, "Oh no, we." They'll, they'll come up with excuses like, "Oh, this, uh, you don't have whatever, you don't have this information, you don't have that information." So can you tell me this? And you're like, "Well, actually, no, I don't know that." Oh, well, there's no point in reporting it then. There's no point in coming in. So like, you have to like ring them five or six times before they'll say, "Oh, fine, come in and give a statement then." So then you go in and give a statement, and then you're like, okay, well, can I give an, a, an interview then? And they're like, four months later, okay, you could come in and do a, you know, you, you ring and you ring and you ring, like, okay, come in and do a video interview if you insist. And then it's just like, they've decided already that they're not going to, they're not going to yeah. progress with it because there's not enough evidence, even though they haven't actually looked for evidence. But, you know, they can go 
tell someone that his thinking was wrong because he tweeted something out that was, you know, unfortunate. That's, that's a crazy thing, isn't it? Yeah. But, uh, but what they'll tell you is race and religion is irrelevant. Yeah, but it's not, that's though. That's what they'll tell us. Race and religion is irrelevant. Yeah, but and I, they'll I, strip that your evidence, your statement uh, of anything, any reference to race and religion. They won't put that in there. They won't re- refer to that. Okay, now, because I've been, like, following some of this stuff, and there's a similarity in Canada and the UK and the laws. So if someone reports a hate incident, right? Uh, so like there was a yeah. there was a famous thing about two years ago in Canada, where this young girl in uh, middle school said, "Oh blah blah." This Asian man, like here when they say Asian, they mean like you know Chinese or Japanese or you know, oh this Asian man ripped off my hijab. Right away, you know Justin Trudeau comes on and blah 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 blah. This is horrible Islamophobia, this and that. And later that like that same day, it was found out that she lied. Okay, that gets recorded as a hate incident against Muslims. And it's the same thing in the UK. As long as something's reported, it's a hate incident, right? Yeah, yeah. So when you make a report, do you know if that gets added to the statistics for rape or, you know, child rape or anything like that? Or is that, does it have to be a conviction for that to get added? It does get a crime number. So when you report it, it's a crime number. But then if like most of them like 97 percent of them is no action they don't take any action they don't they don't charge the perpetrators that's in all sorts of different sexual assaults so um you know there's a crime number for it but that's if you get so far as to actually make a statement quite often they'll turn you away before you even got a chance to make a statement they don't want the statement so so even the numbers that are being reported as official crime statistics are way under the actual crime statistics in my experience, that's all I can say, because the mm. amount of times that you go and they won't actually document anything. And, okay, again, this was not everyone, because, okay, from what I could see, it was not everyone. Like, you have that woman, Maggie Oliver, right now. Like, you know, yeah. you know she spoke out about it when, as this stuff was going on. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, she got ostracized. Uh, there was that MP recently, Sarah Champion, same thing, right? And then, whatever, just recently, mm. Trevor Phillips, like, you know. Because he happened to mention that it was Pakistani men, he gets booted out of labor for being Islamophobic. It's like, no. It's... Uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, we have a thing with um, this neo-Marxist ideology. And I know I've heard you talk, talk to some of your other guests yeah. about this. But, yeah, we, we're really struggling with it. I've got three um, academic radical feminist mm. uh experts that say self-proclaimed experts on grooming gangs that are um, putting out a lot of the ideology that is telling people just to shut up about grooming gangs so they they are what they're doing is saying um, essentially race and religion is irrelevant if you talk about grooming gangs you are racist yep. and um, what you sh- what we should all do is only talk about all coloured, all colours of perpetrators, so whites, you know, all different name groups, um, as, as one. So if you're t- only talking about Pakistani perpetrators and you're not talking about white perpetrators, then you should be shut up because you are driving, you're promoting Islamophobia, that is the term that they use. And the other thing they will say is you're erasing other victims. Oh, Jesus Christ. You're erasing victims of white perpetrators by talking about the victims of 
uh, being a victim of Pakistani perpetrators. Yeah, it's it's okay. First of all, so it's all this uh, this neoliberal language. Uh, okay, okay. Here's the thing. It's it's not Marxist per se. I know a lot of people okay. say neo-Marxist. It's just because I I spent the last eighteen months reading so much of this stuff. Yeah. Okay, so it touches on Marx a bit. Like if you read Douglas Murray's book, The Madness of Crowds, he he talks about where it touches on Marx, right? The I'm power sure, yeah. the, the power aspect of things. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it also uses postmodernism, which is language describes reality, and how you use language will then describe reality. Um, and then if you read actual the critical race theory. It, it's that's what it is sorry yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And, theory. Yeah. yeah so like marxism like the marxist in the states like like marxist newspapers and stuff like that are now calling these people out because whatever you want to say about marxism like you know i i don't like marxism i don't like communism at least they agree that there's a objective reality these people say that there is no reality that language creates reality and so by you using these words you're creating it it's it's like Okay, it, Stats Canada has now stopped uh, taking gender as statistics for. So, if you can't say more women have, you know, breast cancer than men because that's now mm. gendered. Mm. So it's like okay, well, if you want to do a study on breast cancer and affects women more, and you're going by how you ID, you're going to skew those numbers. Yeah. And you're, you're, you know, the biology matters, right? So they're like, no, no, what, you, how you speak. So I mean, it's the same kind of thing here. Like, again, I don't know the stats off the top of my head, but I think like if you look at pedophilia in general, I'm not talking about grouping gangs, like you know, uh, teacher yeah. sleeping. You know, it's the proportion of the crime is in relation to national statistics of okay, you know, it's 70% white, you know, 10% this, you know, it's kind of yeah. proportionate to that. Whereas yeah, in this, the UK, yeah, whatever percentage yeah, of white in the yeah. UK, that's the percentage of white perpetrators in the well, UK, yeah. Whereas this specific gr- grooming gang thing, which is different, right? It's you're it's grooming one yeah. girl to, or each individual is grooming networks, one or more girls. It's yeah. networks or groups, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a like specific group, n- yeah. 95% Pakistani. So, I mean, that, that makes a difference. Like, if, if you want to yeah. want to solve that kind of crime... You have to look yeah, at where yeah. it's happening and where to go. I mean, you know, let's say you had an uptick of, you and, know, uh, triad gangs in the UK, right? Okay, well, yeah. the triad come from here. These are triad gangs. We're going to look for triad members. Now, if you're looking for triad gangs, you're not going to go, you know, arrest some, like, you know, yeah. football lad in, you know, in yeah, the Midlands, okay. right? There's, there's a specific offender profile, and yeah. there needs to be research done more on the ideology behind it and what can be done to be taught to prevent it Mm. however to be fair i think some of that work is going on on the left and they were called it misogyny and they were they are you know addressing it like you said you know the underage marriage Mm. young marriages and and um honor-based violence and so they're addressing it but they're not addressing it as in this is the attitude towards white girls that needs addressing so the the gaps there are gaps that are meaning that it's still not addressing the grooming gang issue. Yeah, well, that's a critical race theory thing, right? Uh, yeah. You can't be racist towards white people because it's whiteness is. There's their... an article in Metro magazine, like a big 
magazine uh, today on you can't be right racist to white people mm-hmm. you can you can have prejudice to white people they said but you can't be racist because of power it's 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 okay it's, it's i don't even know where to begin with that it's so wrong you know just saying you can't <laughs> be racist to white people i mean there's papers that come out and these are serious academic papers about how homeless white True. people are more privileged than like a, a black lawyer or doctor i'm like how 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 oh, okay I, I, i'm actually going through and doing a, a critique of this i've got this book here I'll, I'll just show you i'll show you the title acting white yeah acting white how insulting okay. yeah the, the first chapter is oh. why why act white like i'll just read off the chapter list why act white talking white acting like a black woman acting like a white woman not acting criminal acting diverse acting within the law acting white to help other blacks acting beyond black and white they have a whole section about how the obamas were acting white and don't act like obama because they're acting white and uh, and that's meant to be anti-racist that's not anti-racist that is racist exactly you know the amount of people who don't understand the word coconut they don't understand how racist that is you know they kind of just mildly accept it you know if you that is You've got girls being raped because they're being called coconuts. Yeah. You know, because they're being accused of doing something that is white, like wearing a dress or having a mobile phone or going to a club or talking to a boyfriend. They're, that's white. How is that white? That's just human. Yeah. Or, um, I mean, and again, this thing, like the, the, the racism thing. Like, this was hushed up and it was kept out of everything until Sikh... I think it was members of the Sikh community started yeah. speaking out because it was Sikh girls also that now that were getting groomed and raped. So yes. it's like, okay, well, it's brown people and brown people. What are we going to do? And, and, and I think one of the I first people, girls, yeah. I think one of the first people to speak out was Julie Bindle, right? Like the, the, the feminist. She was like one of the first people in like 2005 or 2006 to speak out about this. I, I, I wasn't aware of on the scene then. I, was, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I only knew about it in 2014 when it came out in the news about Rotherham and I was like, yeah. bing, the light yeah. bulb yeah. went on. Well, okay, I didn't... I but yeah, heard... yeah, Julie Bindle, I do know about her. Yeah, she says that um, all men are oppressors, doesn't she? Okay, I have some issues with some of Julie's takes, okay, whatever, okay. but, you know, but still... It's a, it's a similar argument, you know, people just lap this stuff up and they mm-hmm. just swallow it. And you think, why, why did you believe that? Like, all white people are oppressors, all mm-hmm. men are oppressors. Why, how can you just accept that and just go nod nod okay. yes of course but, they are like, all white people are oppressing us how is i oppressing these pakistani these poor pakistani men uh because you're part of the system that was built up and got wealthy on their oppression um and because of that you've you've unconsciously taken part in the system uh you are part of that system right. you're, uh, it, really? it's, so it's, they it's, weren't getting wealthy on the oppression of white girls at yeah, all yeah, yeah, we yeah. just had last week a film a, a series came out on tv called noughts and crosses i saw so that you yeah. heard of it uh, mallory brackman mm-hmm. did you mallory blackman did you watch i didn't watch it I, I saw i read the articles and stuff and i was like i'm not interested not at all you know it's they did just, a, the view of the world is so upside down that when they turn it upside down, they're actually turning it the right way around. Yeah. Well, they, they, there was a movie in the 80s, and I remember it because it, it wasn't very good, apparently, and I never saw it, but it was John Travolta, and I'm trying to remember who the 
the black actor was I can't remember it right now but it's called uh, Black Man's Burden so they, okay. they flipped it again like you know they talk about white man's burden here like you know so they, they yeah. flipped it around how it was in the states and it was you know it was like the complete reverse of you know slavery and all that and it was mm-hmm. uh, so you'd have like Jim Crow laws but for white people and you'd have like things like that um, so yeah I mean it's an, and so that knots and crosses I wasn't gonna pardon when was that made that one in the 80s sometime I don't remember 80s, exactly right yeah so that's when it all started wasn't it yeah well and and that's another thing like lot these, of anti-racism yeah. stuff yeah so uh, and, and fair enough you know blacks people in the past historically have had a really rough time you know they yeah. have been oppressed they have been exploited they have been used they have been um you know taken advantage of and discriminated uh-huh. against and a lot of that can still be felt by a lot of people i'm sure and it's really unfair however <laughs> to now on the whole because of inequality laws which are you know enforced yeah. most people's attitudes in the west are not black people are my slave no this is not what their attitude is but but then the reality yeah. and the actual attitudes of of some Muslims towards Western white girls is these girls are our slave, sex slaves, or that you know we we can oppress them, we can use them, we can exploit them, we can sell them, we can trade them. They are goods. Um, I, I, again, you know, they're less than human. They're they're animals. Okay. Yeah, and they're making a lot of money off it. They're making a lot of money off it. Yeah, and okay, thousands talk- a day. Some of them. Well, I've got two teenage boys, as straight white boys. How do you think they feel? Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're they're the worst of the worst, aren't they? According to this theory. Yeah, but I mean, talk about religious, you know, thinking like the sins of the father, or, or you know, sins of father will be visited upon the sons to the nth generation, right? <laughs> like, yeah. It's it's like that's you're you're committing. It's a real shame. It's it's just not fair. But I do think a lot of kids see that it isn't fair. Yeah. That, that, it's like something's wrong something's the, wrong with what they're being told the the younger generation i think the generation that you know what would you call gen z i think they're starting to see it uh, i read yeah. something in in some school um i wish i could remember the article or i could find it again so there was some young girl this is a grade school right and some boy was being a little boy and pulling on her pigtails or something like whatever you know just you know these are like six yeah. seven year old kids right So she went and complained. The kid got expelled. So then in the news story came out, the the girls talked to amongst themselves. And they said, you know what? It was wrong that he got kicked out. So now whenever this happens, we won't say anything. So now that's wrong for the girls too, because if a guy is being an absolute ass, like little kids can be assholes. (laughs) And so (laughs) the girls should speak up. But now you're like, okay, so disproportionate punishment yeah. is getting girls to be quiet now oh. and then you know it's it, it, it's disproportionately punishing the boys for okay and it's not the boys will be boys crap but like you know a little six-year-old kid pulling on a girl's oh, pigtails they just tell them it's wrong and yeah. let them carry on playing yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it's no weird. it's it's yeah it's an overreaction Wow, some of the some of the women's marches around the world. If you've seen what's going on, if you've seen the Mexico one, 
yeah and uh the mexican one the one in uh pakistan uh it's very different though the mexican one to the pakistan one yeah. the mexican one the women have got black balaclavas on they're standing on cars they're stamping on the windows it's like yeah. police vehicles i think yeah. um they're like setting buildings on fire oh my gosh these wild purple-haired women they are terrifying the stuff that they're doing but then in Pakistan, you've got, you know, sweet women walking along, getting pelted with stones by men on both sides. Yep. And it's, and I mean, like, it's, okay. What's been on the world. Yeah. But then you have people like, um, I don't know if you saw her. Uh, she is a, uh, her name is Mona Alatawe. She's Muslim. She's Egyptian. But mm-hmm. she talks about Muslim reform. She hates ex-Muslims, so she despises me. She hates even ex-Muslim women. Uh, yeah. But you know, she'll say stuff like civility is is a, is a white man's thing. It's 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 a white man's idea. It's like no, I'm sorry, I speak Urdu. There's there's words for civility and manners and decorum in Urdu. You know, exactly. this is not yeah. a white way of thinking. This is, you know, you can, I can yeah. disagree you with someone. You're not a white man. Yeah. You're but, an Asian man, and you've got decency, and you've yeah. got honor and you've got politeness and you've got respectability all of that without having to be a muslim but that doesn't make you white no but that's just it like but to say things like this to push this kind of idea that this is you know we don't need civility because it's a white way person's way of doing things okay i can understand her saying fuck the patriarchy i I get it right but let's not make this some amorphous thing where it's only the white person's problem right like again some of this stuff like the this is coming out of post-colonial theory um Mm -hmm. which this is something i've read very recently and i don't know how old this is but uh the slaves that were brought over the united states because they were brought over by white people they were part of the colonizers and they helped colonize uh north america and because of the fact that their the slave labor helped enrich the colonizers the slaves were part of the uh, uh, the genocide com- uh, committed against the Native Americans. Wow. Like, These are slaves. Like, I, I, wow, I, that's I, awful. I mean, like, who does that help? Who is that helping? At, you know? Yeah. It, it, like, it's like victim hierarchies. Yeah, that's that's all it is. I mean, it's it's yeah. who is who is being more oppressed? Uh, who hasn't been more oppressed? I mean, it's it's. I mean, there, there's articles now about, like, immigrants. If you're an immigrant and you come to, like, okay, so my family moved to Canada in 75, apparently we're part of, we're settlers now because we settled this land. And my family had nothing to do with it, you know, Canada being formed, whatever, yeah, fine. I grew up in a British wow. colony, a former British colony in India, moved to another foreign British colony. So that's about the only, you know, like, but <laughs> how are we settlers? How, how did we help, you know, the, the colonizing of Canada? Like, we didn't do anything of that. But no, we're settlers. Mm. It's really yeah. Gosh. Like this stuff is so screwed I, up. I'm so far removed from a lot of this stuff. Like I've worked in the NHS, a lot of the staff in the NHS mm. from all over the world. We've got mm. you know all sorts, all sorts of nationalities from everywhere. Mm. Um, and really, everyone's contributing. Everyone's pulling their weight. Everyone's doing this mm. very similar job in a very similar way. Um, I wouldn't say they're acting white. I wouldn't say that they're like affected by colonialism or, you know, 
I, th- I think we're all pretty even and equal, really. You know, at that at that level, that professional level, when you're working, t- you know, with a common goal and treating everybody as equal. The thing is, the thing is, in, in hospitals, in medicine, like you you do blood tests and things. Oh. The blood tests don't know what colour skin someone's oh. got. <laughs> it's you know, you you you're responding an X-ray or a CT scan oh. or anything like that. It's you're a human being is a human being, and I think that helps you to sort of see everyone as like a universalist like vision mm-hmm. of as all being human, because it is so mm-hmm. similar in medicine for everybody. Yeah, um, I still want to get back to this stuff like that that list you sent me, like you know, like how their sure. their ideology and all that, and it's just sorry. I mean, I we keep talking, and I keep getting distracted it's very hard because you've got the left the right the upper above so that yeah. the right the upper above so it's like you've got to do this ninja move haven't you <laughs> uh, okay did you ever hear about the sirat al-mustaqim did anyone ever mention that to you what's that sirat al-mustaqim uh, i don't recognize that one okay no. um so ask me about rasmalai ask me about coffee <laughs> <laughs> yeah you just mentioned two of my favorite things but <laughs> but now okay um sirat al-mustaqim like they're, they're, again say Pardon? Sorry, what were you asking about the original okay, thing? Okay, the Sirat al-Mustaqim, there's a thing in Christianity as well, which it says, uh, long is the way that leadeth out of uh, leadeth out of death or leadeth to life or something like that. Long is the path yeah. and it narrows. Okay, so the Sirat al-Mustaqim is the narrow path that you have to walk on that will lead you to heaven. Some people say the straight oh, path. Yes. So on yeah, all yeah, sides, that, yeah. on all sides, you're beset by, uh, you know, evil and temptation and sin, but you have to stay on this narrow path. Now, yeah. I said that, you know, when I was Muslim, I had the Islamic Surat al-Mustaqim. Nowadays, I feel like I'm juggling multiple, like, you know, the far right, the far left, yeah. this and that. And it's like, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, no, if you say this, you're acting like that. If you say this, I mean, like that exactly. video. With, with I mean, we're right in the middle. We, yeah. we really are in the, in the eye of the storm yeah. right now. This kind of political storm, this yeah. cultural storm. Um, yeah, yeah, I okay. just... Okay, like two I, days I ago. Feel quite peaceful, actually. But. <laughs> I don't know if I want. You know. obviously are. But, yeah. but a few days ago. Mad around us. Yeah, sorry. A few days ago, there's that Tommy Robinson video that just came out, like about his daughter being. Oh, you know, that's okay. terrible. You know, like some guy grabbed his daughter's ass, and she's what eight years old, and he yeah. got arrested. Now, I tweeted that out, and I'm like, "Oh, you're you're support, supporting white supremacy." I'm like, "I'm like, no. This guy's daughter got molested. Yeah. He got arrested. There's a problem here. You know." Mm-hmm. And frankly, I wouldn't care if it was David Duke, who was, you know, a grand high wizard of the KKK in the States, if his daughter got molested, Mm. I would support his rights to have his daughter's molesters be brought up on charges. It's not, I'm I'm not supporting white supremacy. I'm not supporting a white supremacist. Mm. I'm supporting the rights of his daughter. Yeah. Yeah. And And, and the person who did it, he could be a known offender. He could be on license. He could be... You know, on bail, mm. he could have loads of child pornography on his phone. Yeah. You know, there could be lots of things. The police need to investigate it. They, they should have arrested him on the spot. They should have yeah. arrested him, confiscated his phone. You know, actually, they've got CCTV evidence. This guy could have been stalking the whole family for weeks or days. You yeah. know. There's loads of there's loads of evidence that legally should be collected for a case, and the police just don't don't seem interested. Which Surprise, surprise. It's the same story over and over and over, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, I guess we have to talk about Tommy. 
don't really want to talk about him. Okay. Yeah, I guess uh, we, have to. We, I, we don't have to, but I mean, like, because you get accused of, you know, oh, you're supporting white supremacists and stuff like that, and yeah. I see it. And it's, I mean, it's easier to make it stick on you than it is on me, even though, like, you know, they don't care about my skin color or whatever. Like, I, but, like, from everything I've seen, you're not, like, you're, you're talking about what's happened to you. Like, even your article, like, I'll leave it in the, the notes. Like, I mean, you're speaking out directly against, you know, the overcorrection type of thing, right? You know, like, mm-hmm. it's not all Muslims. It's not all Muslim men. It's not, you know, it's a very specific subset. And, yeah. I mean, no matter how many caveats you put in, you, you get assaulted. Like, it's, or attacked, I yeah, should say. Yeah, I, I do get attacked for being accused of being mm-hmm. a neo-Nazi, fascist, um, gammon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, but yeah it's... I, I get a lot of hate really and it's some of it is quite scary because some of these people you don't know what nutters there are, are out there yeah you know that they they could well want to hunt you down and scalp you because they, they they are so adamantly anti-fascist that they see fascism everywhere yeah. Um, and as soon as you open your mouth and say, I'm a grooming gang survivor, it's like, oh, we've got a target. Quick, let's jump on her. Let's say, why aren't you talking about white male sex offenders? Why aren't you talking about all these other people? Why aren't you talking? So, you know, you just get, you know, immediately you're, you're on the firing line for, for that. Um, I want to... Okay. There are, there are. <laughs> you're not season there are oh it's yeah, straight out i mean trust me I, I i know this but i mean like um i wanted to ask you something if you're okay to talk about this um because i know you've spoken about it with uh, video and with stephen knight and i could leave the links to those if you're not okay, okay. talking about it but i don't want you to go into the specifics of what happened to you but if you want to like talk about like the timeline and then how you got out and like what led up to that? Like as much as you feel comfortable at it. If you're not comfortable talking about any of it, we, we can go into something else. I, you know, I, I don't want to give too many details about my personal situation, yeah. who I am, where I live, no. my age, my age at the time, my perpetrator, just because once that's out there, it's just narrowing it down a lot more from just putting me at risk. And these, these men are very dangerous. Uh, no, that's fine. Like I said, I, I'll, I'll leave the links yeah. to uh, your interviews with Vidu and, and and Stephen Knight, and then people <clears throat> but can. Yeah, I mean, I was I was with this main perpetrator for about eighteen months, you know, and trying to get away for a long time. Um, and eventually, you know, after the attempted on a killing, I had to change my name and move a long, long way away, and that stopped it then. So okay. then I got on with my life. Went to university, got a degree, got married, got to have kids. You know, and I've got a lovely life now. Um, you know, I talk about it now. Nobody's paying me to do this. I'm not no. part of an organisation. I'm not part of any, any lobby group or anything. It's just me um, trying to talk sense into a lot of people, I guess. And I think my voice is, is the one that isn't being heard in all this, you know, with all the bickering and fighting and out, you know, the arguing that's going on. Um, I, I, I can kind of give a bit of clarity to it, I hope, anyway, for some people. So this report that's, like, did they reach out to any of the survivors? Did they reach out to, like, people like you at all to, like, you know, work but out this the report? report? The Home Office report. Yeah, the one that's being held back now. Oh, yeah. Well, I I went to the Home Office in December 2018, mm-hmm. so just, like, over a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave a two-hour training session to them 
just talking to them about what my experience, my lived experience was, um, about the grooming gang ideology, the teachings that I was told. Um, like I say, I wasn't shown a Quran, I wasn't shown the verses, I don't really know which bits the Deeds or Sirah or whatever the text is, you know, the scriptures are in, but I said, this is what I'm being taught and I think this is where it's coming from. Maybe we need to find out who's teaching it, whether we can address that. Um, so that was like my two hour training session. And then I talked a lot more about, um, well, quite a bit about just uh, brainwashing techniques and cult techniques of control, religious control that, that are common to all religious groups. So that's, that's what I taught. Um, and then, you know, I when I was there, I was told that um, Dr. Cockbane had been there a few weeks before and that she'd been giving them training as well. And she's one of the people who's written um, papers saying that we should um, basically deny any links to race or religion and dismiss that. Don't think about that. Just think about the white perpetrators and everyone equally all in one box, all the same. So I think they'll have, in this report, I think they'll have some of my evidence, some of her evidence, um, some of her data, which she's got, which does show that in the group that she studied of groups that are um, committing crimes in networks or gangs, uh, that 96% are Asian Muslim men. So, you know, even though, she, even though the data backs it up, she would still say it's nothing to do with race and religion. Yeah, or that we shouldn't be thinking about race and religion, we should just be treating everybody exactly the same and not specialising in specialist group, not thinking about links to terrorism, not thinking about links to anything overseas or any mullahs or any mosques or religious teachings or anything like that. Okay, what's your doctorate? Is she a PhD in something? Criminology. Oh, great. I mean, I... US, um, UCL, University College the... London, I think. Okay. UCL College. So something along this line it's not quite this but there was four black women or four black girls high school girls this was in brooklyn last year uh they were beat up by two south asian males i don't know if they were indian or pakistani or whatever right they were beat up and one of the one of the boys urinated on on the girls new york times editorial page so the new york times oh big newspaper like their byline is or their head their the thing is all the news that's fit to print editorial page saying this was an example of whiteness and white supremacy these kids did it because they learned whiteness no oh no okay i they mean, can't think of it any other way because <laughs> whites are superior they just can't leave they cannot cannot have the idea in their mind that in some certain situations asian people can be superior to whites it's just unthinkable yeah. unthinkable i mean it, it, it's ridiculous like okay again my parent my dad was very inclusive my dad even in india had you know hindu friends sikh friends buddhist friends a few christian friends i mean i remember at his funeral half the people weren't muslim you know he, he had friends all over the place but even then every now and then they would say something along like my parents would say something along the lines oh you know these people so meaning just basically non non-muslims or white westerners oh these people now yeah okay but like you know they they my dad's never said anything way. yeah I, okay i remember my grandfather these, these people these 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 scum yeah exactly <laughs> okay they wouldn't say it but they're just like these people and it's kind of 
yeah. implied. Like, you I can my... see the disgust on their faces yeah. when they say it, yeah. 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 I, I remember my grandfather when I was a little kid, and then the first time I went back to India, I was 10 years old, and this is when I really remembered it. He would threaten me if I misbehave by saying, if you don't stop misbehaving, we're going to marry you off to the black girl down the road as a punishment. Whoa. Now, my grandfather didn't. Yeah. Like, I mean, well, no, totally. But he, he didn't learn this from white people. I mean, okay. and again, this is so factually, a factual, this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So when the Aryans came into India, which were Persians, and they were lighter skinned than the Indians... They were thought of as better because they had lighter skin. This had nothing to do with white people. This is well before the British came in. This is well before, you know, they just saw lighter skin. So because even in India, it was, if you're lighter skin, you can stay inside. You don't, you're not out in the sun working the fields all day, so you're richer and you're better. So they saw light-skinned Aryans come in, right? And not yeah, Aryans as in... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, I mean, it's, it's, it's there. Like, I mean, the amount of whitening uh, things that they have in in Africa and in India, like whitening creams and stuff like that. It's just... It's amazing, isn't it? And we have tan. We yeah. spend like a billion pounds a year on tanning lotion. <laughs> oh, by, by the way... Laugh, but one of the first things I did, like when I was being beaten for being white, you know, white slag, white court, and I think one of the first things I did was go and get a fake tan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to try and get rid of the whiteness. Dye my hair bright brown, dye my hair black. Okay. Try and get rid of what I was being persecuted for but, but this whole whiteness thing there there was a stupid article out in like slate or vox or one of these dumb online magazines um that tanning is cultural appropriation it <laughs> <laughs> goes both ways you know if you've got lightning creams you've got tanning cream what can we say you know let's just all be light brown <laughs> Yeah, but you know, I mean, medium brown. That's just, I, you know, the sooner we are all medium brown, probably the better. <laughs> Let's all go and, you know, get unified. Let's all go. No, I'm only joking. I don't really mean that. I don't really mean that. I like variety. I think we should, you know, we're yeah, very but, fortunate to have but, the yeah. wonderful variety of the world. It's, it's beautiful. But yeah. Um, Gosh. Look, I, I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, we, we, we could go on for hours, couldn't we? Yeah, but I mean, like it's just, it's the stuff is just insane. Like I don't, I, like yeah. my whole thing here is, you know, I'm not like a a friend of mine described it perfectly. She said, you know, forget big government, forget small government. You want an effective government, right? Yeah. And and it doesn't matter what color the person yeah, yeah, is, but if they're good at the job mm, and they're, they're they're pulling the strings and making mm, things work effectively, so that we're mm, all benefiting. Great. But, I mean, this is not effective governance. Like, this... Yeah. Like, hamstringing your officials to make them so worried about racism that they won't actually help victims. I mean, like, this is not helping the Pakistani community. This is not helping the Muslim community. This is not helping young girls. This is not helping their families. You know? And this is sowing distrust, Mm. you know, of authority like i mean mm. Tom, tommy's daughter she's eight years old is she gonna like she's gonna have a distrust of authority now like if something like that happens will she tell anyone because she doesn't want her father to get arrested again i don't like I, to be fair he 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 did assault somebody okay okay he was he was maybe doing reasonable restraint which i yeah. think will be his defense and yeah. and think he could well yeah. get off on that yeah. um get i mean get off the crime oh, sorry but yeah, he, 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, he might get away with it, you know, uh, punching the guy, um, because that could be like a reasonable force that he needed to make sure that the guy was arrested because he had to wait hours yeah. for the police arrive. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it, it's just, unfortunately, it echoes so many situations where dads have gone in to get their daughters out of rooms where they're being multiply mm-hmm. raped by Asian men, and the dads who have gone in to rescue them have been arrested. Yeah. So it's just, unfortunately, in people's consciousness, it's just over and over, the injustice, 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 over and over and over again. It makes people very, very angry. Yeah, and I mean, and you're going to... Okay, if I'm white and I'm in the UK and I'm growing up right now and I see this, I'm going to have a hatred for, or, you know, maybe a, you know, like a hatred or a fear or disgust at brown men. You know, okay, I worked yeah. in Afghanistan and I worked with a lot of the people I worked with were former soldiers. Okay. okay. There were a couple of ex British soldiers and you know, I was working with them on my last contract over there. And a couple of them, okay, invited me to their weddings, you know, were mm-hmm. friends, whatever. But when it came to the local Afghanis that were working on the base, mm-hmm. they had a hatred towards them. Because they mm-hmm. saw their friends get killed. They saw things happen. Right. They were out being shot at. They were, you know, mm-hmm. okay, we can get into the whole thing of they shouldn't have been there. They, okay, whatever. These are squaddies who, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. told, okay, you're you're being sent out. Go there. And it's, okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've talked with them and we, we spoke about things like this. And it's just like, okay, you know, I can get where their hatred is coming from. Mm-hmm. But they're not racist per se they're not you know like they just don't like this one specific thing right are some of them doing some revenge crimes that they shouldn't be doing are they raping asian women out there these white military personnel not that i know of no i think it was 2015 it was a u.s army captain walked in on an afghan army colonel or commander can't remember now um and this was afghan army that was on the side of nato right so fighting against the Taliban and all that. He was raping a 12-year-old boy. Now, there's a thing in Afghanistan and even parts of Pakistan called Bachi Baze, where they get young boys to dress up like girls and they have sex with them, right? Mm-hmm. The U.S. military captain put a stop to it. He was reprimanded. He was punished. And wow. uh, the base commander came out and apologized for him, being for, for the captain being culturally insensitive. Now, oh, my God. <laughs> That poor boy. That poor boy. Oh, yeah. Okay. That and, poor boy. And it's, it's, it's just. I, I don't know if you heard the whole thing. I spoke when I spoke with Sadia. Like, Sadia is a, she's a women's rights activist. She's worked in women's rights. She's Pakistani. Uh, yeah. Well, she's Pakistani background. She, okay. You know, I, yeah, yeah. You know, I, and then something I said to her, I'm like, I'm sure that, you know, you know, you and all the young little girls are really happy that the police weren't racist and weren't racist <laughs> towards your perpetrators. I mean, okay, I'm not saying that you want racism. I, I, yeah. I, like, I'm not implying that at all. But I think, yeah, no, she's she's right, and she said, you know, for for like Muslim women's issues and Asian issues like honor-based violence and forced marriage and FGM, we're we're all against the same thing, in that we're all being told, oh, but if we deal with that, we're being racist. Yeah, but you're not. I mean, like letting it continue as being racist, saying okay, for yeah. the, for them, their their val- our values aren't for them because 
they're somehow lesser, right? That's what it's yeah, saying. It's wrong. And yeah. it, I mean, like a, a good friend of mine, uh, her book has just come out recently, and she writes about this in there. Her name is Yasmin Muhammad. Um, she grew up in yeah. Canada. She was in a strict Muslim family in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, she spoke to one of her teachers when she was about 14 years old, I think. And mm-hmm. because her father, her stepfather was abusing her really bad. Mm-hmm. He called the police. He called social services. She went to court. The judge basically said, oh, parents can give corporal punishment. And if you're getting it too severe, that's just because that's just your culture. And I'm not going to interfere. What? In, oh. ca- in Canada. Like, she went all through court and trial. And, and, then, and then she said, oh, it's your religion. So you just have to put up with it. And she went back. She was sent back to her, her father. Her no. stepfather. Oh. Okay. After he. Okay. There was one in Germany. This was in 2013. Again, it's like this. This not being racist BS, right? Uh, it was a yeah, yeah. German judge. A Moroccan woman went to ask for a divorce because her husband was beating her. Female judge, by the way. The female judge said, "Well, you got married to an Islamic person. You got married in Islam. That's just part of your culture. I'm not doing anything about it." And didn't grant her a divorce. Now, mm-hmm. luckily for this woman. Six months later, it was retried. She was granted a divorce, and that judge was taken off the bench. But this woman, for six months, had to go back to her abuser. That's because, terrible. Because, oh, you know. <laughs> Sorry, I've got a call. No problem. Um, it, it happened in Canada, like I see it happening in Germany, where Afghan men are being let off because they molested little boys in swimming pools. Oh, well, that's just their culture. They don't know any better. In Canada, there was one where, uh, I think it was an Afghan guy, he raped a girl... He got one year sentence. There was another one where you know he was touching boys shocking. and really shocking. And, and it's just because oh well that's just their culture. And it's like no, you can't just let it you off. Think like things that. are changing now. Like the tide has turned a little bit. That we are seeing more prosecutions. That we are seeing like some of these grooming gangs that are getting tried and, and sent uh, to prison I, now. I see that in the UK and I see that happening, but I don't know if that's just they're showing a, a force of it now, saying oh we we're persecuting them. Uh, we're prosecuting them, not persecuting, prosecuting them, and we're looking after them. We're taking care of it, but not going after the underlying issues. Like, arresting these yeah. guys without going after the underlying issues, mm-hmm. it's it, it, it's just a stopgap, right? It's a, but this you stuff is... You teach them what indoctrination is. Yeah. I think you need to do that. We need to show them this is mm-hmm. a cult. This is what a cult does. This is how mm-hmm. mind control works. This mm-hmm. is how... Any anybody, even intelligent, same people can get drawn into stuff. Like You've reminded me. We have something in the UK called um, the Race Reporting Guidelines for journalists. And the Race Reporting Guidelines are written by the Black Members Council. And the Race Reporting Guidelines are basically racist. Oh yeah, they're they're totally racist. Like anti- they're, they're, they're anti-white racist. They're basically um, you can report crimes that white people commit against brown people but you can't report crimes that brown people commit against white people oh, that's yeah. basically the race reporting guidelines i've okay. summarized it for you it just <laughs> means we're evil and we're not no but that's not that... evil we're not all out to get you we just treat people as people and human beings as human beings yeah. and we just all want to be getting on fine together yeah and it's, it's we're not but, uh, all evil we're white people are not like some pollutant that one drop of us in a group is going to pollute the whole group actually that it's the one drop rule here as well right so like how uh you can go back to like the nazis they give a one drop of jewish blood you're jewish here 
it's like the one drop rule for ideas right so you can agree with 99.9 percent .9 of what they say you just that one little thing you disagree with you're kicked out like trevor phillips you know yes yeah why was he kicked yeah. out because he that he has that one drop in there so if yeah. you know, oh you've taken on whiteness you've become white you're acting white you're being consumed yeah. by whiteness I mean, like the whole coconut thing, or like for. Uh, uh, this is going to be really interesting because we've got a debate coming up in Parliament on grooming gangs. So literally today, I found out that there's been over a hundred thousand signatures on the Parliament petition. Yeah. To, like pe the public have signed a petition saying we we would want you to debate whether this report, the Home Office report on grooming gangs, mm. should be released to the public or not. Because at the moment, they're keeping it top secret. And they're not telling even people within government. They're not telling them what is in the report. So, yeah, there's going to be a debate and it's going to be all different parties involved in the debate mm. and, you know, perhaps they'll have select people that they'll go along to choose. It will be televised, I'm told, although it won't be in Parliament itself, it's going to be in a separate room. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's, it's just, you know, the one-drop rule. If somebody on the wrong side of the fence mm. says that they think this should be published and they're not allowed to say that they think it should be published are they going to be kicked out of the Labour Party as well yeah but it's it's I mean okay I don't know much about her and I find her a little odious Priti Patel but okay if she's the you know she's the the home secretary right so it's basically yeah. like secretary <clears throat> of state in the U.S. yeah how is she isn't she in charge of the civil service? Like, how is she not able to get the report? I'm not sure whether she's seen it or not because we haven't heard from her directly. Um, it's been reported that she, even she hasn't seen it, but yeah. I, I don't, that was a few weeks ago. I'm not sure yeah, whether but, she has or not. Who knows? But I mean, like, and again, speaking of her, like that lovely picture of her in the Guardian, like the, the cartoon they just did. That was shocking, wasn't it? No, yeah. I mean, if you'd done that about a, a Pakistani woman, but done something you know like 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 an african uh, yeah but african, uh, yeah. but there you go she has taken on whiteness so she's white so you can do whatever you want to her right it's awful it's like you just feel like if you cut someone's skin they're gonna come yeah. out white or something yeah. okay and but like it's, it's like we're don't you know like literally under the skin we're all blood and gore <laughs> I mean, it's exactly the same. It's like you can't take on, you can't be brown on the outside and white on the inside. That doesn't exist. Okay, there was that one guy yesterday. Uh, he tweeted it out about, um, oh, uh, uh, what's his uh, about Trevor Phillips? And um, what did he say? He said, oh, he's he's acting in Uncle Tom Coonery, like like un Uncle yeah. Tom Coonery, like any this it's guy's so supposed to be anti. And yeah. he's been he's been expelled from the. The yeah. black, yeah. what what do you call it, black brother brotherhood or whatever, yeah. whatever you want to call it. But, but, it's like it's, he's no longer one of us. Yeah, it's it's. But I mean, I, I was joking. Like uh, I just I just uh, repurposed a line from Shakespeare, and I said, you know, some bodies are born white, some attain whiteness, and some have whiteness thrust upon them. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> but that's what this is, right? It's, that's so <laughs> clever. That's really clever. <laughs> okay, but that's another thing. They use the term body. Did you did you do that? Yeah, I did it. I'll, I'll send you the tweet. Oh, go on, send me that. I'll share. <laughs> but but I mean, they talk about oh. they don't talk about people. They talk about bodies, right? Oh, we need some black bodies here. Like it, it, it is a dehumanizing language. 
it is, is it takes away everything from the individual and it's they use this word it yeah. about people yeah. they'll say it posted this thing they're yeah. referring to me they'll call me it and it's excuse me i'm not it that's that is classic dehumanization that yeah. classic nazi fascist language no but it's, and these are the anti-fascists oh yeah and it's it's i mean it's I, I people say the, the the horseshoe theory. I'm like, it's no longer a horseshoe. It's a circle, and the the, yeah. the extremes are just running around this circle, yeah. just chasing each other, and yeah. the center is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And it's you know, yeah, yeah. And That's it, what it feels like. You're being yeah. hounded literally from every direction. Yeah. I mean, it, it, again, yeah. it's 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 the Keats poem there, right? Or you know, Keats or Yeats, or the the Second Coming. You know, the center cannot hold. You know, the blood dimmed tide loosed them on the world, and it's like you know. The worst are filled with passionate intensity, and, and the best lack all conviction. Like it's it's that's what it is, and it's the center is not holding. Like the center has to hold. Like, we uh, have to hold. We do. Uh, we do. I mean, we will. Well, I know a lot of these things, you know, it's so complex and there's so many different yeah. issues behind it all and that we'd probably need another five hours to talk about all of yeah. this. Well, look, I don't want to, like, you know, I like I said, there's so much in here that we could have gone over and sorry, I, I kind of like you know, talked over you a bit. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, cool. I, I'm good to go keep going, but I, I, I know you've got your, your time is uh, a little, uh, a little restricted. So... If you want to, I'm okay. Well, how long do you want your podcast to be? <laughs> uh, I have no problem. I, I put out a couple over two hours, so we can keep going. Uh, should we just see if we've missed anything? I want to have yeah. a quick little look through sure. my notes, see if I've missed something. Actually, just on the on the last last uh, the the paper you, the, the the document you sent me, like the fascism and supremacy, right? I was just looking at that now. Yeah, yeah. Then maybe you've missed a few things. On yeah, there like okay, like honor is the most important thing in our community. You know. Uh, human rights don't exist, like which is some of these things I've heard of. How could they justify saying honor is the most important thing in our community? 
but then treating you like they did. It's a conundrum, isn't it? I mean, like that's it's not honorable. an honorable. Yeah. It's honorable behavior in their mind. This is the thing. They're so convinced that they are so right, that their religion is so true and good and right, that their honorable thing to do is to punish people who don't follow it. It's yeah. very black and white thinking, that's the thing. And um, we don't have to think like that. We don't have to be forced to think like that. We should, nobody should be forced to take sides like that. No, and it's, it's wrong. It's really wrong. And I mean, but again, this anti racism thinking is, in my mind, something like that. It's like you're either mm. you're anti racist or you're a racist. It's like, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't have to purposely go out every day and fight racism. I can just not be a bigoted asshole and that should be good enough right exactly yeah so the whole um did not miss anything when i was telling you about spiritual abuse so what we talked about the shaming dehumanizing yeah. diminishing dignity of someone forced confessions didn't talk too much about that but you know just being forced to confess your sins, to say what you've done wrong, and then so that they can punish you for it and they can hold that against you. And, yeah, um, and that, I mean, that's, that's, another, sorry, that's another thing too. Like, they'll, they'll say, like, we're doing this for your own good, right? Yeah. You know, like, you know, it's like, I, you know, okay, growing up, my dad, like, would, okay, yeah, my dad was not like a child abuser or whatever, but every now and then, like, he'd, give you a couple of smacks like i'm doing this because i love you right like just like you know it's you know and again this was not like my dad beating me or whatever right it was just like you know like mm, you know, yeah I, my I, dad did the same yeah, yeah. <laughs> but oh, i'm doing this because i love you it's like no it's it's not it's you know like i'm treating you like this because i want to show you better again this some of this mentality you can go trace it back to the religion so there was a in pakistan i think it was in peshawar there was a, a a bunch of school girl or I think it was a girl's school so they went in and they killed all the students or they were they were going after some people but they ended up killing a bunch of the students mm. and then there was an interview with one of the perpetrators who got caught right and his thing yeah. was well if they're under 15 they're going to go to heaven anyways if they were over 15 and they were committing sin we stopped them from committing even more sin so we were doing it what was beneficial for them it's beneficial for them. It's loving, a loving, kind thing that they yep. did by killing them. That's yep. so kind, yep. so kind. Yep. They must really, really, really love them. Yep, it's like, you know, I love you to death, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just warped. It's really warped. But, but obviously they, their intention was malicious. That's why they wanted to kill them. Yep. And that's the thing with, um, like, this, you must submit to someone's authority. You must submit to our ideology. Sometimes it is in... You know, if, it, if the authority person genuinely has your best interests at heart, so your dad is smacking you, my dad smacked me, you know, hopefully your dad loves you and cares for you deeply and will do a lot, anything for you, you know, and my dad would do the same for me. Um, however, if this is being done and carried out by people who don't have your best interests at heart, then they don't want you to succeed, to do well, to flourish. They want to exploit you. They're doing it because they want you to submit to their authority so they can use you. They can get every last drop of whatever it is you could give them, your time, your money, your attention, whatever, to give to them. Then then that is an exploitative situation. It's like coercive control and... Um, all these power dynamics 
but just uh, going back to the powder, I think just to say that it's only white people who do this. It's so, so warped. But, but, okay, but was it a thing of, like, to make you feel, or to make a person feel so worthless that this is the only person that's, you know, I'm worthless, I'm useless, but this person's yeah. giving me attention and it's the only attention I'm going to get? Is, is that, like, was that some of it as well to, like, can control I'm that sure way? sure for a lot of people there's a lot of that where just the relief of when they are nice to you, mm. it's such a relief because they put you through torture, literally torture. So when they are nice to you, it's like you will you'll be extra nice to them back, you know, you'll serve them better, you'll you'll mm. bow to them, you you know, you more um whatever they want you to be, you more of it. So because you want that positive behaviour rather than the negative behaviour. So it gets you trapped in a cycle of being punished and then trying even harder to be more respectful, to be more mm-hmm. pious, to be more whatever they want you to be. Um, sexy or you know giving them more sex or whatever they want so yeah it's it's a kind of way of control it's like the Pavlov's dog thing yeah. and then have you heard of oh, who is it what's it called the, the studies the Milgram obedience study have you heard of that one what you're talking like um, the Stockholm syndrome and stuff like that or that's a little bit different, but yeah, I mean, I get accused all the time about yeah. Stockholm Syndrome by the far right. The far right will say, you know, me talking to you now, they'll say you've got Stockholm Syndrome because you're talking to an, a, a Muslim-born immigrant Asian guy, you know, you're being nice to him, you're showing him kindness, then that means you've got Stockholm Syndrome because you're still brainwashed by the gangs. Okay, but... If I was sitting here and deriding you and saying everything that those guys, you know, like you wouldn't be sitting here talking to me if I was taking the sides, you know, because I like, and and this is not about okay, and for me this is not about taking sides, you know, like like I, it, for me this is what right is right. Little children should be protected, you know. People who've hurt little children should be prosecuted, and like I don't care you know, who it is. Been, the, a lot of the girls. You look at them like, you know, it's post-puberty for a lot yeah. of them, like, I think the average age is just before 14 when they first get mm. into the gang. So it's like 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, you know, mm. can go on for years and years, like 10, 15 years for some people. Um, <clears throat> so it's it's young women, like teenage to young women, really, that have been affected. Yeah. Rather than little kiddies, you know. Okay, I'm sorry, but still, a, a, a 13 year old girl or a 14 year old girl is still a child. I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, you know, yeah, the, yes. that's true. It's yeah. true. Yeah. You know, I yeah, mean, yeah. 14 years old, like you know, I, I know you were a little bit but older. They, well, I'm saying from from a, like an English point of view, yeah. like having a boyfriend at 13, it's, it's not unusual. But yeah, having a boyfriend that's 10 years older than you, yeah. or much older than that, that is that's not good. Okay, and okay, this is not, and this might come out wrong. So, if it does, you know, call me out on it. But is there something of it for young girls, like especially like thirteen or fourteen? It's like, oh well, this guy's so much older and he's paying attention to me. Like, I must be special. Is like, like I'm not trying to victim blame or anything here. Yeah, no, no, definitely, definitely. And a lot of them, like, um, the a lot of the services, the social services, are going and trying to get these girls out really struggle because the girls are in love you know we were in love with our perpetrators you know 
there's there's a lot of strong ties you get the trauma bonding you know you've gone through trauma situations with them so you're bonded to them in, emotionally mm. um so it is very complex it's not easy to get the victims out of it uh, just like it's yeah it's not easy to explain it <laughs> unless you've lived it it's hard to explain it yeah I, well look i've taken it up enough of your time and since uh you know your, your your son's come back home. I think I should let you go. Um, Thank look, you. Um, Thank you very much. If there's anything else you want to say, uh, if you want to let people know where they can get a hold of you, and I'll include your article and uh, the the two podcasts I heard you on with Vidu and with uh, Stephen Knight. And I recommend everyone listen to that because Ella goes through in detail some of the stuff that happened to her, and it's quite brutal. So you know, uh, bear with it. But yeah, uh, thank you very much. Um, you know, and like, again, I, I just got to say this, you're incredibly brave, you know, and I hope things start going, you know, like, as far as, I know it's not retribution, more like justice, yeah. and you can get some sense of that coming out of this, because I'm just disgusted by what I see what's happening out there. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's been lovely talking to you. I think you're very brave as well, and you know, it's not easy being in our situation, so I really yeah. appreciate it, and Thank you for confirming some of the stuff that I've said and, you know, yeah. being so kind. Oh, no problem. And please uh, keep in touch. If any point you want to come back and talk about something else, you have an open invite, I'll... You know, I'll I'm I'll sure say. there will be. I'm sure there will be other things that we can talk about. We can go for hours. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Abate. Yeah. No, thank you very much. And thanks, everyone, for listening. And please make sure to listen to the other uh, interviews I put down so you can get more of an idea of what this is all about. And thanks again, Ella, and I'll speak to you later. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye.